are listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. This is BGN Radio episode number 138. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, that sounded like a very subdued yo. Must be for <laughs> I'm the tired. Sixers. I'm tired, man. Also, this yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of the mood in Philadelphia with this, you know in the Philadelphia sports world with the Sixers mm-hmm. uh, meekly uh, going out, swept by the Boston Celtics. Changes are coming for the Sixers. They should be. You and I forge ahead with our coverage of the Philadelphia Eagles. We do. And the Flyers won. Like I said, they'd be fine. I said that in you know, one of the last week's podcasts. Yep. Felt good about them. They're, they started the series against the Islanders on Monday. So, obviously, you, know, you can check out Broad Street Hockey for coverage on SB Nation for Flyers. But, yeah, Jimmy, obviously, we are three days away from the Eagles' week one game, which is crazy, considering we're only six days in the training camp. But, of course... As always, everyone knows BGN Radio, which we're recording right now, that you're listening to, in case you didn't know, and you just stumbled into this podcast, is presented by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, and now you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do, or other non-meat snacks, also available on RighteousFelon.com, and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Where should we start today, Jimmy? Yeah, well, I thought we'd uh, start with the injuries, maybe look at our 53-man rosters that we both published uh, on Saturday, I guess. Maybe a little Earl Thomas talk since he might be landing with the Cowboys after the Ravens cut him. And then we'll just talk about uh, today's practice notes observations. So let's start with the injuries, as we said. Uh, first, the bigger uh, injury in terms of importance to the team, of course, is Andre Dillard, who left practice about midway through, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. He slowly walked to the medical tent, which is, uh, you know, basically across one football field. And then uh, he was in the medical tent for a little while, I'd say like five to ten minutes. And then he left the medical tent and went inside the Novacare complex. So not a great development for him. Now, I had heard that, uh, I mean, he he was sort of missing parts of practice uh, earlier in camp. And I had mm-hmm. actually heard that after the, the players reported to the Novacare complex and before they started practicing, he was actually on crutches at one point. And uh, did not look good moving around. So he was playing through some pain earlier in in camp. I assume that whatever happened to him today is related to that. So when you look at like his situation, clearly he needs all the reps that he can get. But at the same time, is he is he worth anything to you if you don't get him fully healthy before he starts practicing again? So that's a really a big injury to to look, you know, to to sort of monitor going forward because if he's if it's a serious injury. Then I imagine like Jason Peters is going to get plugged right in at left tackle. If it's not serious, then again, you have to sort of kind of <laughs> determine what's more important to you in terms of getting him ready or getting him more reps or getting him healthy or getting him more reps. Yeah, and it was interesting too how the offensive line situation worked out today because Lane Johnson was also out. The Eagles are listening, list, listing him. He was at he was at practice, by the way. It's just he yeah, was, he was he was it's not like he was wasn't there at all. He was there on a stationary bike. Yeah. He's listed day-to-day with a lower body, and Eagles had Matt Pryor filling in, you know, originally when Dillard was still in, you know, in, in the lineup, Dillard, uh, uh, Pryor at 
right tackle Dillard at left, but then Dillard leaves and the Eagles, instead of moving Jason Peters over potentially and like shifting things that way, they just put Jordan Mailata right in there at left tackle, which I guess I thought was interesting that they, you know, they, they didn't really open the door of <laughs> Peters taking back over that spot. Yeah, I think, you know, you have everyone furiously taking notes if you do that, but also like, I don't think you do that until you know the severity of Dillard's injury. Mm-hmm. You don't start moving Peters around because the yeah, I mean, you have to get him ready at right guard too. So the more reps he can get yeah. at right guard, the better. He knows how to play left tackle already. So that's the big one in terms of significance, as you mentioned. The other big one in terms of severity of injury appears to be Josh Perkins, who suffered an upper body injury and is, quote, out indefinitely, yeah. which does not sound nah, good. That's, that's bad. Like that's, be, <laughs> I mean, that's like in, season ending, in right? Eagles vernacular, that means that, like, I don't know, he like he lost an eyeball or something. <laughs> like, mm, possible. Like, <laughs> like, that's that's really not good. Like, when we heard, like, multiple weeks, quote, unquote, for um, uh, Javon, Javon Hargrave. Javon, uh, Hargrave, you know, we were all like, oh, that's serious. But when out indefinitely, that's a whole new level. So... Uh, to be determined what's wrong with him specifically. You have a couple undrafted free, I'm sorry, you have one undrafted free agent in uh, Noah Tangiai, uh, who, you know, his chances of making the roster now improve. Of course, they also just claimed uh, Caleb Wilson off of waivers from the Washington football team, who made him the final pick in the draft uh, in 2019. So those two guys get a better chance of uh, making the roster. I think they're going to look to the outside to bring somebody in, whether that's now or when teams around the league make their final cuts. You know who's available, Jimmy? Who's that? My man, Alex Ellis. Oh, he just nobody, nobody picked Patriots. him up? <laughs> oh, did he? Okay. I don't know the whole situation on this, so I'm kind of just speaking, you know, keep that in mind what I'm about to say. But apparently from what I've read, Alex Ellis has uh, type 1 diabetes, and I don't know if that's like kind of a factor with, you know, the COVID situation, if the Eagles are concerned about that and everything. Because I thought it was weird when the Eagles cut him, because I thought Ellis looked good at times. Like, he, he came in late in training camp last year, and he looked good in practice. He was making catches. Uh, that Ravens preseason game, he had a really good, like, tackle on special teams. Uh, he also had those plays we talked about, like, earlier in the year when they were kind of using him as a fullback. Like, I thought he could block. He played in real games last year. He did, and it's like... I would rather have that guy as my third tight end. He had one really nice block at the goal line. I forget who that was against. Packers, was it? It was early in the year, yeah. It was, it was on a wham block. He flattened a guy and opened up a big So goal. I would bring him back. They're, they're really light on tight ends, too, because Dallas Goddard also has... He practiced. Dallas Goddard practiced today, mm-hmm. even <laughs> despite having a hairline fracture in his thumb you know, they, that was uh, taped up heavily. Just, just relax. Like, you know, we've been talking about guys like Al... Um, like Sidney Jones, for example, like it's not great for them that that you know he's Sidney Jones missed practice again today. By the way, it's not great that like a guy like him is is missing all these practices. Dallas Goddard, like he's fine. Like I don't, he's I think he's already at the point in his career where he doesn't need practice that badly. Just relax, let that thumb heal, and get ready for the season. Well, you know, good to go. But they're really light on tight ends now. I mean, it's going to be difficult for them just to get through practices unless they sign somebody pretty quickly. I would think. Like you, you might see a roster move. Uh, within the next day, just just to bring a body in. I mean, do we have to mention Robert Davis? Robert Davis is out week to week. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, he's kind of on the bubble, whatever yeah. practice squad. He's on the roster last year, if you want to mention that. We can, and if you don't want to mention it, then just forget <laughs> I said it. Uh, Jimmy, should we go to the 53-man roster? We're not going to go through the whole thing like we did a couple weeks ago, but we're kind of just going to, yeah. I guess, give our updates from the last time we went through. Well, we can just go We can go position by position real quick. I mean, quarterback is, is easy. Wentz, Sudfeld, Hurts. I think even... I guess the update would be this time around, like, I think you and I both agree that at some point Hertz is clearly going to overtake Sudfeld for the number two job. 
Uh, but as far as like the guy, I mean, they already cut Kyle Loletta, uh, but he was any kind of threat at all. Uh, but th- those are going to be the three guys running back top three. I think are pretty clear, like Sandra Scott. And would you have Corey Clement as pretty close to a lock at this point? I would say, yeah, 100%. And then uh, beyond then, you have like Elijah Holyfield, Michael Warren, and Adrian Killens competing for that last spot. Who do you got of those three? I think it's Holyfield. He was first up today with uh, those top three guys you mentioned out. And then just on the quarterback thing too, yeah, I would say Hertz is coming for Sudfeld's job. But it is Sudfeld's for now still. Like that, that very much is it's clear from like at least Friday's practice. Like as of today, he's definitely still the number two. I would say at running back, um, it's player to be named later over Holyfield. Okay. I think it's more likely they bring somebody in than it's Holyfield. But of the three, Holyfield, I would say, is the number four guy. Then at receiver, uh, Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, John Hightower, and Quez Watkins all seem to be locks to me. Yeah. Although, I feel like Quez has kind of cooled off here in the last couple of days, at least to me a little bit. Had some drops today. Um, and I think he had another one on Friday or so. Deontay Burnett, Jimmy, to me, I told you, I like a Deontay Burnett. He looked like pretty good in practice to me today. And he's looked good in camp. Yeah, the drive with, uh, he really connected well with, uh, Jalen Hurts. A, a nice catch in traffic. Actually, that was, that was the, the play of the day to me, or the most, like, noteworthy play of the day to me was the throw that Jalen Hurts made on. Did you have a good angle on that? Like the, win- yeah. the window that he fit that into? <laughs> Burnett got up and flexed after that one. <laughs> yeah, that. but the throw was like was incredible. I mean, he fit that into a yep. really tight window, and uh, Burnett made a nice catch on the play too because it had to get through you know just a mass of bodies to get to him, and uh, he, he was able to hang on. He got you said he got up and flexed, and it was it the same drive where Hertz was rolling to his right and he led him too far, and I thought okay that's going to be incomplete, but Burnett dove and was able to make the play. And then later in the drive, Hurts again rolling to his right, uh, sort of extending the play, was motioning to Burnett, you know, head to the back of the end zone, which he did. And uh, Hurts found him in the back of the end zone. I think it was like a jumping catch by uh, by Burnett. So, yeah, I agree. Burnett has uh, – if like if, if one of those six guys that you mentioned, Jackson Rager, J.J. Ward, Hightower Watkins, if one of those guys were to go down, Burnett would be my first guy up. So he would be my, he would be my seventh receiver. And then like – the other guy who I think has actually made some plays too is Marcus Green. That is true. He's explosive. He can get open. He can he get a deep catch. He can get open on, now. <laughs> he can get open now. He had that deep catch on Friday. He had a nice contested catch in the end zone today with a strap like right on his back. Good throw from Sudfeld. Um, yeah, I still think he's kind of more of like a practice squad guy. But uh, but yeah, he's, five he's return touchdowns in college. So he's got that yeah. ability. And uh, from the slot today. You know, people, you know, the, their slot corners had trouble sticking with them. He was getting, not only just getting open, but like getting significant separation on those guys and, and has been making plays. So he's another guy sort of to watch as like, uh, you know, the the underdog receiver, <laughs> like maybe maybe called up in, in the middle of the season. Tight end, uh, again, we already, we already mentioned Perkins, so we'll, we'll just skip that. Offensive line, the big, I guess, debate here would be, does Jordan Mailata make the team? You have? Did you have him in or out on yours? I have him out, though. You know, if Andre Dillard is seriously hurt, which we don't know, but right. if he is, that would help his chances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I think you keep him. But assuming Dillard's fine, yeah, I which I am as of when I made this because this was yesterday when I made this or this morning. But my lot of off. So my five back. You know, the five starters are obvious. My five backups would be Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll, 
Prince Tego Winogo, and then Luke Jiriga, who I've, I've mentioned before. It's usually a good sign when the Eagles give that big signing boat or that big guarantee to a yeah. player. Like in past years, it's been like, it's been Herbig, it's been TJ Edwards, it's been Josh Adams, like all guys who ended up spending time on the roster. I think Jiriga, you know, is right on the bubble there and could make it. Yeah, I too had Jiriga in there. And I, like I had 10 offensive linemen and I didn't have my lot of in. So I don't know, maybe the Eagles still like him, but if we're just going off of merit of how they've played in this camp, he should not be on the team. Agree. I mean, he has really struggled. And at some point, like, when do you, when does when does it stop being a project and when does he start like being a player? Like he's he's great to be around, he's a great interview and all that, and like his story's fun, but he just real I, I don't see the progression from year to year. I think it's like sort of his best year was that first year in those initial preseason games and we haven't really like seen him progress from there and joe osman just kills him on a daily basis <laughs> like joe osman is making a, a a training camp career of just beating up on jordan mylotta with the spin move and then the counters off of that all right anyway well i, I want to say my is only like 23 so you know the, like in theory you can talk yourself into him still and you could be like oh well you know he didn't have a preseason this year that would have been pretty important for him to get a look at him again in that context but yeah i just i guess you just look at the fact that they dreamt it they drafted prince in jack driscoll and it's like do you really need that developmental guy when you already have those two guys yes. now? you know like, like when is this kind of, and i think you can probably still get my ladder onto the practice squad because i think he's just so raw like still that it's hard for another team to like claim him unless they're really just comfortable <coughs> stashing him away at the bottom of their roster so you can i still think you can there's at least there a chance you can keep him on the practice squad so anyway like, it's not, it's not even, like, the problem that I have with it, like, if he's still not ready to play, then, all right, that's fine, but I just don't see the progression. Like, I just don't see him getting better. That's that's what really that's what really bothers me about uh, him in that situation. Should we take a break here before you go? Yeah, we're going to take a break. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 138, talking about the defense now of the Eagles roster, also kind of going through, running through some of our practice things from today at the same time. Uh, Jimmy, defensive end. What have you got? Well, I had uh, the four obvious guys, Graham, Barnett, Sweat, and Curry. Yeah, and then uh, I originally had K- uh, Jannard Avery on there. Not Again, not on merit, mm-hmm. but just because they traded a fourth-round pick for him at the trade deadline last year. Got nothing out of him and made the point that, okay, he needs a full offseason with the team to show what he can do. So I didn't think they were ready to sort of uh, admit defeat on that one. I have him off now because he's just done nothing. And I have Casey Tuhill in his place over uh, narrowly edging out uh, Joe Osman and Sharif Miller. How about you? Yeah, I think Toohill has shown a little bit more than I would have expected, although he's had two offside penalties in the past two practices here. So you have to cut him, obviously, just because of that. <laughs> right. And uh, I did see him lose to Prince. So I don't I don't know if he's just there yet for me. I, I went with Osman. That's who I had going into training camp. And I know we, we, we already talked about this, but like, you know, you can rip him for only looking good against Mylotta. But like, again, other guys don't look as good against him. As my and I also think back to what Howie Roseman said about Joel Osman during an interview on WIP at one point last year where he was like, fans are going to be excited about this guy. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they like him. It's kind of a toss-up, though. It is really, like, you're kind of just splitting hairs to me between Osman, Tuhill, and Miller. And, yeah, to me, Avery, Jimmy, I saw Jannard Avery get shut down by Julian Good-Jones today, Jimmy, in one-on-one. And for those who don't know who Julian Good-Jones is, first of all, exactly, that's the point. Second of all, to give more context, like, the Eagles gave the 11th high, like, out of their 12 undrafted rookie free agent signings, Julian Jones 
good Julian Good Jones got the second uh, lowest amount of guaranteed money, and Jeff Stoutland forgot Stoutland his name during the press yeah. conference. <laughs> so like the fact that he's getting shut down by that guy was that Bo that has to say his name to him. It was Bo. <laughs> uh, might not be the best sign exactly to me. I, I, I just yeah. I if Jannard Avery makes this team. It will be, to me, because of a sunk cost fallacy and not because he earned his spot in the roster. Two things on Tuhill. Uh He's two years younger than, or is it one or two? I think it's two years younger than uh, Osman. So that's a, that's a small thing. But then also, uh, he doesn't have the ACL tear in his history. So like I think that helps him too. One thing that I did notice from Tuhill today, just sort of a, like an oddball thing that I saw, was there was one play where Killens was the running back. Of course, we know Killens is like as small guy but has a ton of speed he ran a wheel route and Tuhill left his defensive end spot and went out and covered him and I thought uh-oh touchdown Killens but Tuhill was stride for stride with him and they like whoever the quarterback was I don't remember who it was they were looking at they were looking at that matchup but Tuhill was just running right, right with him so he he checked down somewhere else and it was really impressive that Tuhill was able to run down the sideline with uh with a guy like Killens who again you know, while probably not going to make the team, but he's got a ton of speed. And, uh, you know, I was, I was impressed by that. Avery is also 25, by the way. So Tuho is also younger than him. Yeah. So yeah. it's another thing to consider. Defensive tackle, I think it's pretty obvious. I think it's these four locked in. I think it's Fletcher Cox, it's Javon Hargrave, it's Malik Jackson, and then it's Hassan Ridgeway, who has had a really good camp. And uh, I just don't really think – I mean, maybe if, if Hargrave's injury is more serious than we are led to believe. But that can't be possible because the Eagles are really always, you know, up front with the injury thing. So he's totally probably <laughs> fine. Um, he has been if, out there at least, which maybe says something. He's alive. We do know that. <laughs> right. He is uh, alive. I would. I guess I would have Anthony Rush as my fifth if, if they do keep a fifth. But I, I think they could keep Anthony Rush and Raekwon Williams both on the practice squad. Or, or you might even see something like – what they did last year when they traded like Bruce Hector for Rudy Ford. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe someone else's guy that's going to get cut. Like maybe they trade one of those guys. Raekwon was a guy that they had uh, a draftable grade on, as we've mentioned a few times here. So, and like I was wondering if he could maybe challenge Ridgeway for, uh, for, for that fourth uh, D tackle job. But I haven't seen anything out of him so far. And, and Ridgeway's just look good. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. R- Ridgeway's had a very good camp. Yeah. Rush gives them something maybe that they don't have in that he's just massive like he's 350 pounds so he can like just kind of be a, a giant body run stuffer especially in like short yardage and goal line situations uh but i just don't think there's room on the roster for him uh linebacker i have nate gary tj edwards duke riley sean bradley and davion taylor so that's five duke riley the other starting linebacker by the way is i think that's pretty clear right now he it's him and gary it's mm-hmm. not it's not tj edwards so tj edwards oh, okay. is uh is in there like i mean that's what i've seen in practice anyway like it's mainly Duke Riley getting those first team reps, like in, in their nickel package anyway, which is essentially their base defense now. Their nickel and their quarter, which is basically their big nickel. Uh, he's been out there with Gary, so like pretty consistently lately. So I think he's the he's the starter opposite him with uh, TJ sort of playing that third linebacker role on rundowns. Mm-hmm. You've been impressed at times by Bradley, as have I. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor has shown a little bit here and there, but I don't think he's I don't think he's um, not ready destined to play early in his in, in his rookie season alex singleton i have him out but he gets a ton of reps he's a special teams contributor that might be a guy we're sleeping on maybe i have him on the bubble he's like right up there like i don't think it's crazy they keep him i just couldn't make the room yeah the numbers are hard with you know him versus other positions uh corner uh slay maddox roby coleman 
are obvious. Uh, LeBlanc, obvious, I think. And yep. then uh, Sidney Jones. <laughs> I mean, I have him on, but yeah. he ha- he's not practicing. And he doesn't play special teams, really. So, like, you're keeping him as this fifth guy, but, like, he's not going to be helping you out there. I really wanted to just keep Craig James over him. Because I like Craig James is really good at special teams. I, Craig James had two almost interceptions on Friday. Like he can play defense too. Yeah. And like again, in theory, unlike Russell Douglas, like you could move him around the field, like in the slot if you need to, uh, or in the outside. He's another energy guy, by the way. That Craig James. Yeah. Very okay. good energy on special teams too. Like you've already mentioned, he's a good special teamer. But he, like I mean, even like in practice, those periods kind of drag at times. And I think mm-hmm. he he and Duke Riley. And uh, someone else, they kind of do a good job of kind of getting everyone back up during those drills. So we both have them keeping five. And I want to stop down on Nickel Roby Coleman because I think he's really been the, the Eagles' best corner in training camp. To me, he's been easily the best player at covering Deshaun Jackson, which is not an easy task. Underrated signing, I think. Really, really good. Like just like a lot of pass breakups, very active, sticky coverage. I've always liked him. Like I've never... It was just weird to me when they signed him because I thought, you know, you already have strap here. It just kind of feels weird that you're handcuffing him when he's looked good. But, I mean, like, I get it. Like, Nicole Roby Coleman is a really good corner. He's a really good player. I don't like, know if he, I mentioned my buddy Justin on the on the pod here before, but he went to he went to USC for grad school around the time when, uh, I guess, it was a little before Nicole Roby Coleman came out. And, he like, he didn't get drafted. And my buddy Justin was just – flabbergasted that he that, that he didn't get drafted by anybody and he was like that guy's gonna be in the league for like 10 years and he was right there you go justin <laughs> but yeah he's he's a good player and uh i mean he's very small but he uh you know quote unquote excuse the cliche but plays bigger than he is we both have Rizul douglas off too yes I, the, the way i phrased it is i i feel like he could just hold more value to the eagles in like a trade than he does on their roster and maybe they just have to cut them but I, I don't know it just and five corners kind of feels a little bit thin but i just feel like i just don't feel like Rizul and sydney especially sydney are really even like justifying their spots on the roster right now the one thing i would say is so i looking at my 53 now i have five but one of them is sydney jones which i think is flawed i think if you have i think if you keep five one of them can't be sydney jones because you can't rely on them to be ready to play Mm-hmm. from week to week and so then why keep him at all yeah that's what i mean <laughs> it, well i mean if you keep it six you're maybe holding out hope that he can show what they hoped he would be or you're just hanging but that's on to funny him. <laughs> I mean, like you're, you're, you're hang, having the you just hang on to him because you just spent spot. a second round pick on him now, that's not that's not a reason i would keep him uh, of course i didn't make mm-hmm. the pick i think there's a chance that sydney we've mentioned this repeatedly but there's a chance that sydney or Azul could get moved, I think, by the end of the game. Both. Have there really been any trades around the league at all? I haven't been paying too much attention. But I feel no, like no, I right? Tell you. No, and that's, you know, obviously it's just tougher this year with, with COVID and everything. I don't think teams are going to want to churn. They're not, like, churning the roster as much as they usually do. But I don't know why it would be any different, happen. really. Like, why would it be any different? What do you mean? Like, why, would, why wouldn't teams be still looking to trade, you know? Back of the roster, guys. There's like a adjustment process too. Like like the Eagles traded, uh, claimed you know that Travis Fulgham off waivers and need to go through like a couple of days of like COVID testing just to pass through that, and then they activated him today. Yeah, maybe so, it's maybe it's like, also that like they, I guess you head into camp most years having an idea of what these guys are because you saw them in OTAs mm-hmm. and mini camp where they didn't have any of that at all. So maybe there's just a delay. Because there's still that feeling. I mean, we've only seen six practices so far, so maybe they're still feeling out like who's gonna, who's in their plans and who isn't. 
at safety. Right. I have Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills locked in as the starters. That's, yeah. you know, there's no debate there. Will Parks, to me, is clearly the number three guy. He's going to be an upgrade on what the Eagles have had there in past years in terms of Corey Graham's corpse and Andrew Sandejo. His <laughs> uh, reckless. <laughs> his, sorry, Corey. His reckless style uh, hurts Avante Maddox kind of style. And then Kayvon Wallace might get playing time, but to me, like, he's still clearly behind those three guys. For sure. Braylon Arnold as my fifth. Yeah, uh, same here. Marcus Epps is injured now. Uh, Rudy Ford, the horrible Elijah special Riley. teamer last year. And Elijah Riley has actually shown a little bit. Practice uh, squad. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going nobody's gonna to po- claim him off waivers. You can get him onto the practice squad. And then the specialists, obviously, are going to be Jay Cameron and Rick Lovato. And then I have Oshawn Jeffrey and Brandon Brooks both on PUP. Do you really want me to run through my practice squad listeners? Yes, you do. All right, Kyle Laletta, Adrian Killens. <laughs> oh, I have Burnett. Laletta too. I caught shit about oh, excuse me, about uh, having Laletta. But they're like, you're gonna, you cut, they cut him, but they're gonna bring him back in the practice squad. Yeah, they still Why need not? a, they still need a, a uh, they still need a, a scout team guy. Well, and also it's just not crazy. COVID too. They're gonna have like, a fourth quarterback. <laughs> Why not him? You're gonna, I like. There's a better chance of uh, there's a better chance of him over me throwing a dart at, at a quarterback on somebody else's roster right now. Especially with it's 16 players too. It's a 16 player practice squad. Like why not have an extra quarterback? Especially again too with to me it's like the COVID stuff. Yes. It's like if you're <laughs> right. missing a guy or two suddenly, like why not have a fourth one? Like <laughs> right. It just it gets it's such an easy and they didn't get rid of him because they didn't like him. They got rid of him because there's not enough room for like there's no reps, reps to go around. Yeah, they made him one of the highest paid practice squad players last year. Like yeah. they do like him to some extent. They don't just he's not like nothing to them. Yeah. So who do you have? Uh, and he's a local guy too, so he is uh, reason to be in the area as well. Like he would want to sign, obviously. Yeah. So Laletta, Adrian Killens. You could go either way with Mike Warren or him, but I, I'm keeping him for now. Uh, Deontay Burnett, Robert Davis I had here before the injury today. I would take him off and I'd put Marcus Green on now. I have Noah Tangiai. Again, that was before the Josh Perkins injury, though, yeah. so he might, he might make the roster. If not, he'll be on the practice squad. I have Malata on the practice squad. I have Sua Opeta, guard. I have Avery on the practice squad. I have Casey Tuhill on the practice squad. I have Anthony Rush and Raycon Williams. Alex Singleton and Dante Olson, undrafted rookie free agent signing. And I have Craig James, although, I, again, I think he can make the roster. And then Michael Jaquette, because Doug praised him, and Elijah Riley. And then, obviously, Matt Leo is the exemption that they'll just keep around. Okay, so you're thinking that somebody picks up Sharif Miller then? Yeah, I kind of went with your logic there, and I was like, okay, like he's going to want to go somewhere else. Yeah, he's going to be mad he got caught. <laughs> yeah, even if he doesn't get claimed. And he might get claimed because he was, yeah. you know, was a fourth-round pick. Who knows? Yeah, right. In NFL news, Earl Thomas was released today after he punched his the other Ravens starting safety. Chuck uh, Clark. Chuck Clark, yes. Um, so the Ravens got rid of him. And the wide speculation, the wide obvious speculation, uh, that is, is that he's probably going to sign with the Cowboys. Is that bad for the Eagles, Brandon? I don't love it. Um, I don't love. I don't love it. I, I can't. I haven't watched enough Earl Thomas to tell you how different he is. I remember him kind of getting clowned in the playoffs last year against the Titans. Like Derrick Henry, Henry kind of just ate him alive, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a. It was a bad. It was a. It was one bad play. Is really what it was. Uh, Henry broke into the clear, was running down the right sideline, or was heading toward the sideline, and uh, he stiff armed uh, Earl, and Earl got turned around. And then Henry basically put his hand on Earl's back and kind of used them as a blocker. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he like pushed them into another to another defender. It was uh, it looked it just looked, it just looked really bad. Uh, he's not the same player that he was before, but he's better than what they have. 
and he's still a good player. So if he yeah. does go to the Cowboys, I think it does improve the roster. But uh, the downside for them is that I think I have so many character guys, like character concern guys on that defense already. I, I like I, I tweeted something to that effect, and people were like, "Who? Like, who are you talking about?" Like, mostly Cowboys fans. Like, well, you don't you don't know you're talking about who? But here's a, here's a quick list. So Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. Not only anything needs to be said more on that. Everson Griffin. <laughs> I don't know if like Everson Griffin like character. Like I know I understand like he has like um, mental health Migrants. issues maybe, but I mean he had bad behavior the one year where he missed like five or six games or whatever it was. Uh, Jordan Lewis had some pretty ugly incidents that he was accused of anyway in uh, in college. Tristan Hill was a guy that had some. Um, I guess uh, does he love football concerns coming out of college? They took him in the second round, and then of course Randy Gregory, who's not currently in, on their active roster, but who's been suspended thirty times. So like they got a lot of guys on that defense that are you know questionable, and they have a new defensive coordinator, and they're installing a new defense that wasn't really great last year to begin with. So it's uh, I don't know. He's he's a veteran player, so as far as like learning a defense and getting up to speed, I don't think that's that big of a deal for him if they do sign him uh, and they do it quickly. But uh, I mean, they are sort of playing with fire, having all these guys on their defense when uh, you know they kind of have questionable character. Earl Thomas punched a teammate and he got cut. (laughs) Brandon Graham punched the ball out of Tom Brady's hands (laughs) and helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I mean, which player would you want, Jimmy? You know, so on a side note on that, like, for all the crap that Brandon Graham went through with, uh, you know, they should have taken Earl Thomas. And really, I mean, there was a lot of, like, they should have taken Jason Pierre-Paul instead of him. There's a lot of that, like, you know, five years ago. You don't hear that one anymore. I'm not normally, like, happy for players when they do something good just because you're not, like, supposed to be because journalism – but uh, when he made that play in the Super Bowl, I was genuinely happy that that <laughs> happened for him because he is such a good guy and he went through a lot of crap. And it was good to see him you know, sort of make the play that not clinched the Super Bowl, but uh, really tilted the odds in the did. Eagles' favor heavily to win, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, we've both said that Brandon Graham is our favorite player just from like uh, a personality standpoint. Yes, like yes. just such an enjoyable guy. So I agree. Any other observations from today's practice, Brandon? Not really. It's just, you know, like quick little things. Like, you know, I saw Darius Slate picked off Carson Wentz on point. Although, oh, I guess that's that's important to talk about. <laughs> I should talk about that. Um, Jimmy, some articles over the weekend uh, that I was reading. Pro Football Focus had one and The Ringer had one too. And they were both coincidentally not even connected to each other. Just talking about kind of Carson Wentz's accuracy issues. And I think it was that like Carson Wentz... The Ringer had mentioned that Carson Wentz ranked like 23rd in completion percentage above expectation. In 2019, he dropped all the way down to 23rd in that statistic, just behind Mitchell Trubisky. And then PFF had also mentioned that um, over the last two years, Carson Wentz ranked 29th in the NFL in the percentage of accurate plus passes thrown to receiver with a step or more of separation. So these are two different metrics. So what, they had like three pass attempts then? For him? Yeah, I don't I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean, like, there uh, were yeah, three times no where, open. like, a receiver had more than a step of uh, 
of uh, separation. Yes. Yeah. And I and I get all that. And I'm not trying to hate on Carson Wentz here. Obviously, you know, I'm a I am a, a proponent of Carson Wentz. I I, I think him. He's legitimately good. I've seen enough from him. But I'm just in camp this year. Even today, like just there are a lot of misses today. And I guess he's had somewhere. I just wish he would like float the ball a little bit more sometimes. Like like don't put so much juice on it, Carson. Like you don't like it's we've talked about this, I guess, where it's kinda like the opposite of McNabb, where like McNabb, everything was like a worm burner. Yeah. Like Carson and, and the interception to Slay was like this. Like he, he had Ertz, he just overthrew him. Sure enough, it goes into Darius Slay's hands. There, there's just some reps where I wish like it's like put a little bit more touch on that. Like you don't have to like not every like especially these fade passes, like you have to put touch on those. You can't just like launch them because like that's not how like a fade works. Like you can't just like you know what I mean. Just totally like gun it. Like you have to give your receiver a chance to make the play on the ball. So uh, I guess I would just like to see that cleaned up a little bit. I don't know if it really means anything as far as his outlook for the season, but I just like to see that cleaned up a little bit. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think he's had some uh, some bad throws in camp for sure. Like he's he's been ac- inaccurate at times. We've seen like camps where like Sam Bradford even. Like, like to use a comparison, like he'll like he looked like really accurate at times, like mm-hmm. where he was just kind of surgically picking apart the defense. But that's all he had. Like he didn't offer anything else. I mean, in seven on sevens, he's got a clean pocket and he can just you know hit receivers as they come open. He can do that all day. But he want you know, but he wasn't a good quarterback in the NFL. Wentz gives you so many other different things that he does. Where he's just not mm-hmm. going to pick apart a defense in that same way. It doesn't really translate as well to like a training camp practice as it does when, you know, the bullets are flying and he's breaking tackles and he's making throws and he's making plays off schedule and that kind of thing. Like that's sort of more of his skill set. It's the wrong word to use, I think, here. But like it's 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 what he does best. All right. So like uh, it's not super alarming to me that he has some inaccurate passes in um, in training camp because I also just look at his last three seasons as well. He's got seven interceptions in each of the last mm-hmm. three seasons, which is an extraordinarily low number. He's got to clean up the fumbles, obviously, but that's the side thing. So, like, I'm not worried about him turning the ball over a lot because of inaccuracy. But he, I think he does sort of leave some completions on the table during games. And he does that, you know, you know, he does that in training camp, too. So I think that's just kind of like what his game is. But I agree with you. Like, it would be nice to see him clean a lot of that up. I, I would put it the way you're saying, basically, too, that he's a gamer. You know, I've, I've said that for a while about yeah. him. Like, I've always felt that about him. So, yeah, you're not always going to see the cleanest, like, practice performance out of him. Although he has looked better, I feel like, in practices in training camps before. Not to say he's looked bad now. It's kind of just been, like, fine. Good 2017 was, was his best training camp. Yeah. So, whatever. I mean, again, <laughs> I'm not going to – it could be nothing, though. Because, like, he could come out – I mean, he could have a terrible training camp, for, as far as I'm concerned. And then he could come out week one and look great and, yeah. like, you know – it wouldn't matter. Yes. So, again, not time to push the panic button. But, I, you know, I thought I'd bring it up because it was on my mind. Did you have anything else to me? Nah, I think we pretty there? much covered it when we went through the 53-man roster. The, the one thing I will say, I don't think we touched on uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. But I yeah. think he's, like, looked legitimately improved from last year. Yep. Just from the standpoint of, like, winning contested catches, which he didn't do at all in real games last year. And then just, like, little things, like, not even the route running, but just using his body when running his routes. Like where he's sort of shielding off uh, the defensive back, like today, for example, in the one-on-ones, uh, he was going up against Devontae Maddox, and he should be able to body up a guy like Devontae Maddox, and he did. Like he, he ran a slap, a slant route, and uh, made sure he got his body in between Maddox and and the football, and he made a nice catch and whatever. Like, but like he didn't do that last year, so like it should be like a pretty simple thing for a guy like him who 
is known as a contested catch guy and is known as like sort of a bigger body guy to be able to do that. But it's good to finally see it on a sort of a day-to-day basis, whereas we didn't last year. I agree with that. I thought JJ had some good routes and one-on-ones. This has been BGN Radio episode 138, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, where you can get meat snacks that the Eagles eat as well by going to RightToSound.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Jimmy and I will be back on Monday, August 24th, recapping Eagles training camp practice number seven, I believe, Yes. at that point. And obviously, you can check out our practice notes and all of our training camp coverage on BleedingGreenNation.com and PhillyVoice.com. And obviously, follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio. Got it this time at, at Bleeding Green. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes if you like the podcast, and we appreciate it. And then until next time. Bye, everybody. BGN. <laughs>